Dubai I 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. We have been uh, talking about COVID-19 for weeks and I basically decided that we should get down to sort of ground zero. I wanted to go back to basics about what we needed to keep in mind because there's so many news stories and you can sort of get lost in what is fact and what is fiction or at least the nuances can get out of balance. And I certainly felt that yesterday I might have got slightly out of balance with the whole social distancing subject. And there's no doubt now that we are all being encouraged to uh, bring in more social distancing, you know, to not uh, gather in large crowds. The bars and the uh, and uh, pubs have been closed so that and the nightclubs have been closed. And obviously, the, all the theme parks have been closed. Uh, so we're sort of all getting used to this new parameters and uh, how they might change, at least over the next two weeks. So earlier, yesterday, basically, I spoke to Dr. Faisal Assad. Now, he's a pulmonologist, so he's an expert on lung health from the Saudi German Hospital. I wanted to ask him the really, really simple questions. So I started by asking him what symptoms we should be looking out for. Symptoms are mainly cough, which is in up to 60 to 65% individuals, followed by breathing difficulty, which can be in up to almost 40% individuals. So these are the two main symptoms, cough, and a sense of breathing difficulty. Besides this, there can be throat irritation, there can be nasal congestion, and in some of them, roughly 5-10%, there can be uh, stomach upset as well. These are very few patients, mainly respiratory tract symptoms. So if I have a runny nose, is it likely that I have COVID-19? Not at all. Still, the most common cause of a runny nose is common cold and a flu rather than COVID-19. That's what we need to understand. Still, it is much less common than the common thing that we have had been having for a long, long time. We all know about that. Common cold, so many other simple viruses. So that's what we all panic about. This is a challenge as well because symptoms are similar. That's why anyone who has a runny nose or any other symptom that I described, first thing coming out to our mind is do I have COVID-19? Much less likely than otherwise. So I probably had flu once in my life, proper flu. You know, when you go to bed for a week and your your body aches and you've got a really yes. bad temperature. I think I've had that once in my life. Is that how COVID-19 feels? Initial symptoms are very similar. They are very mild in most of the individuals. How do we know that? I can give you statistics, for example... Roughly right now when we are talking, uh, documented cases are 170,000. How many have really succumbed to it? 3.5% of it only. Still 97% have passed this illness without any big complications at all. So initial symptoms are nothing. We may, an individual can just, uh, you know, go through the symptoms without even noticing it. Unless it comes into the radar of screening. Other people, they go on to develop Severe symptoms, once it reaches to the lower part of our lungs, known as the lower respiratory tract, then if it gives pneumonia, the symptoms become to be a bit more hard to tolerate for the patient, and then patient can become critical. So as a pulmonologist, you are better placed than most to describe how COVID-19 affects the lungs in that very, very small minority of severe cases. What type of symptoms would you expect to see there? So the cough becomes prominent. May, with or without 
sputum production. The breathing difficulty increases in those individuals, this minority uh, of the number of the patients. And then the fever is there along with it, with or without travel history. Now we understand there are certain countries, we call them epicenters in the world. If the travel was there, it is more likely. However, when almost every country have now cases, there can be case transmission within those countries itself. So travel is not very much relevant now. However, when it is available, the travel history with these symptoms increasing in intensity, then, of course, we, that's how we catch the cases. So who is likely to get it? The serious cases are usually those who are above 65 years of age. We have a big data coming now. The most of the serious illnesses are by those who already are aged population, number one, plus they have underlying medical conditions. For example, they have already conditions relating to their heart, they have chronic lung conditions, they have high blood pressure for a long time, they have underlying diabetes. These are the individuals so far who have really manifested with, with uh, severe manifestation of the disease. And if you go by even in, in, the, in the mortality rates, uh, above 65% is significant mortality. Below it, it is hardly any mortality. For example, I can tell you from 10 years to 40 years is 0.2%. You can imagine, from 40 to 50 years is 0.5%. From 50 years to 60 years is roughly 1.3%. Above 60 years, it is ranging from 3 to 14%. So this is basically the elder population with underlying medical conditions that we really need to take care about and that we really need to protect. Okay, so you've woken up, you are, you're feeling feverish and your body's aching and you're pretty certain that you've come down uh, with COVID-19. What should you do here in the UAE? Like anywhere in the world, first of all, our prevention is the best strategy. Keeping yourself clean, your hands have to be clean periodically, particularly when you're outside out of your home environment you should keep your hands away from your, your face particularly because the mode of transmission is droplet. It will be either by the nose or by the mouth or by, by your eyes, for example. So number one. Number two, avoid going to the crowded places. If you have symptoms, you will report to the nearest hospital. And, of course, every hospital has taken measures as per the guidelines by the different health authorities, and they will follow the protocol of screening and they will tell, guide you then how to isolate yourself and how to do contact tracing, which is people that might have come to into your close contact, they will be traced as well in case the one individual turns out to be positive for COVID-19. If it is negative, then other treatment will follow for any common cold or any flu-like illness. So if you've got the symptoms... Do you need to get tested or should you just stay at home? Because in normal circumstances, if I had flu, I'd call in sick at work and I would just stay in bed and take a bit of paracetamol and keep my fluids up. But in this circumstance, is it necessary in this pandemic situation to go and get tested? It is necessary to know what is the case burden. It is necessary for, for one own. For example, if the symptoms get florid, then what to do? You should have a, you know, you, you should be in, in the health network here. The rate of transmission the, uh, from person to person is far much more than, than other illnesses. That is the challenge here. So if, for example, you're not properly isolated, so far everyone is isolated in the hospital. Home isolation is still not very much because we don't have a great case burden in UAE. 
when the time reaches to that point that we have to isolate, home isolate, that will be a different scenario. Right now, they will isolate you, they will do the testing, and then they will take the, depending on the result of the test, they will uh, tell you that whether you can have to continue isolation and depending upon the dynamics. But right now, the best strategy, if you are symptomatic, really, then you should report to the nearest health facility and every facility now has been given the guidelines how to proceed from there on. For me, the confusion arises where I feel very reassured by everything we've just spoken about. The flu itself doesn't sound that bad if you're in a certain age bracket and it doesn't sound as long and as long as you keep up personal hygiene it sounds like you can avoid contracting it so in that situation i feel safe but then when i read the news and i hear what's happened in italy how have they got to that point so quickly when it doesn't sound like that scary a disease in itself different countries have different dynamics and different age demographics as well why for example we have taken the step to close the schools and other institutions Though we know that in children it will not be really an impact as far as the children themselves are concerned. However, these children will go back to their homes. And then in their homes there can be elderly grandparents or parents for that matter. So everyone is now dependent upon other for the safety measure. It's self-illness is not a big thing. We know by that. We have proof now that some 93 to 95 individuals will pass on this illness without any significant impact on them. However, those still we have to protect who for whom it can be a serious illness. These are the 35 to 4% population elderly with underlying diseases. How to protect them? So we cannot just go around and, you know, catch it because it will not affect me, but I come back home and it might affect my mother or father. So it's equally bad. So that's why it's, it's a holistic responsibility for the whole community right now to protect each other. We are talking COVID-19 facts and what we need to keep in mind. I've been speaking to a pulmonologist, a lung expert, Dr. Faisal Assad from the Saudi German Hospital. We've just discussed the symptoms and who should get tested. If you missed that, you will be able to listen to this interview on a podcast after the program. The next part of our conversation is about how people react to the situation. I asked him whether the population, whether your friends and family were right to get worried. And it is not only about the health, the panic about the, the social aspects, the panic about the economical aspects. You might have noticed people are buying. We call it panic buying now, panic purchasing. If you analyze everything at the second or third layer, uh, still it is we, we can tackle it. And every step, as far as the UAE is concerned, I can tell you, is being taken. And that's why things are not out of the hand. So what do you think about uh, this this now newly sort of popular phrase of social distancing? How would you describe it? And, and do you think it's time that even in our social lives, we adopt it? Again, this is part of it is part of the modification that we need to understand that that we know the mode of transmission is direct contact is droplet. Droplet means if someone has the virus in the body, it will come out of the mouth or nose. And within a distance, say, between 1 to 1.5 or 2 meters, it can travel and can reach the other person. That's, the, that, that's how it is transmitted. Or direct handshake if, or direct touching the surfaces where the droplet is being there. It can last for a few hours to many hours. So that's the mode of transmission. Once we understand the mode of transmission, then the next step, how to avoid it. How to avoid it is to mainly be away from the sick persons. However, sometimes the person does not know that he is sick which we call the incubation period. Still, the virus is being shed 
and the person is asymptomatic. That's why the overall recommendation is avoid at least the crowded places where they don't need to be. For example, if you don't need to be in a shopping mall, don't visit. If you don't need to be at a public place, don't visit. How long? We understand as medical fraternity that this phase might last up to a few more weeks. That is our best hope. It is not in days, it is about weeks. And then when we have the more data, it plateaus out and then it starts going down. It will take some time for life to become normal again. That's everybody knows now. Whether this is health-wise or socially or economically, it will take some time to normalize from here onwards. Of course, families will remain together. They will take care of each other. Visit here and there for important things will still continue, should continue with proper precautions as we, as we discussed, proper hygiene, hygiene measures around it. As a doctor who is fully abreast of the facts, uh, can I ask you a personal question? How have you changed your behavior? Because I think that would be a really good measure for how everyone else feels that they should change their behavior. What we have done within the hospital, for example, we are not shaking hands. If we, for example, we try to clean our hands only before and after examining the patient, we are doing in-betweens as well. We are doing, professionally speaking, we are taking full personal protective equipment. We are wearing them even when we are seeing the other patients to protect them as much as we can. This is professionally. At the personal level, I myself, I'm, I'm, for example, if I had to just go out to loiter around, I'm avoiding it. I'm not going to the shopping malls. I'm just keeping to the hospital. I'm keeping to my home. Only necessary outings. I'm well placed, I think. For example, a, a month or two, this can be continued easily. And if we really analyze our daily routine, so many things can be easily modified. Maybe time to have some more time with our own self. You read books, you, you have quality time with your family. Things can still be very much livable by some modification. Amazing, sir. Thank you so much for your time. You've really I cleared things up. This is Dubai I 103.8.